Hi, friends. Hello, hello. You're listening to I'm Sorry What the Podcast with Ashley Sleek. I'm sorry, what? It's just like I showed up at your front door, bottle of wine in hand with 30 minutes of juicy ass gossip to talk about. Like, who doesn't want to do that? I'm sorry, what? We're just here to talk about all those moments that make you really question what's going on in life. Like, why are you hung up over Brad from Bumble? How did Kylie get pregnant again? And, you know, why are you living at home at the ripe age of 29? (laughs) Or is that just me? I'm sorry, what? Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry With The Podcast. I'm Ashley Sleek, and I'm actually in like work attire today, which I realized I recognize very quickly that I do not have enough office appropriate clothing. I know that I did like a big during COVID and a couple more times, like I did a big like what's the opposite of splurge like I didn't splurge on anything I like did I took it away I did I know there's a word for this and I'm like cannot find it to save my life but anyways I did a big like reorganization of my closet and I got rid of a bunch of stuff that I wasn't wearing and then I realized like I updated my whole closet and I went for a little bit of that like very trendy cottage core vibe which have a lot of really cute dresses that would seem appropriate because they've got the cute sleeves and everything, but they are all very low cut. And that's like the appeal. It's like you've got this like very sweet, sophisticated dress, but then like high cleave. And I get it. It was it was a journey for me. It was a strategy for me. And I loved it. But the problem is I can't wear those dresses into the office. So I have really gone back into my love of fashion over the last couple years because I grew up really loving fashion. I would wear things that didn't make sense to anybody and they were probably really hideous. But to me, I thought they were so cute. And then I was actually like a fashion intern back in the day. Like my first L.A. internship was in the fashion district and I just like really loved it. And it was just hard because I always felt like fashion wasn't for me because I was always a bigger girl. And so I just felt like I didn't fit in to these clothing. And then now I'm kind of in the more of a mindset of like, no, like don't let society tell you you can't wear something. Like if I don't feel comfortable in something, then I won't wear it, but I'm going to try it. So anyways, I've got this whole new closet, but it's just not it's not matching into the corporate office attire. So, um, I think that just means I'm going to have to do more shopping, which is hard when you're trying to be on a budget. But I mean, I need clothes. I'm going back in the office like three times a week. Your girl's got to look good because I started doing um, it's only happened twice. But the two days I've gone to the office so far, I've done pictures on my Instagram. So you can follow me on Instagram, see my fun outfit choices at Ashley Sleek. That's Ashley with two E's. Um, And yeah, you can go through my journeys with me. But that just means I need more outfits. Um, (laughs) But okay, listen, I want to get something out of the way early on in the podcast, because I know me when I have something like a little bit heavier, not heavier per se, or like just something big I want to talk to you all about. Like saving it towards the end is really hard for me because then I'm like obsessively thinking about it the whole time. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. I am not a chill girl. So like when I need to say something, I'm going to say I'm going to talk about it. So basically in the last episode, if you didn't listen or you're new here or anything. So for the last couple months, I have been dating this amazing guy Um, We call him Scotland here on the podcast and we met on Bumble and then, you know, through the podcast, you really got to hear, you know, how we kind of went from 
like this guy that I just swiped on and was like dating all these other guys at the time to like slowly him, you know, as as the cool kids on TikTok say, like slowly moving to his number one spot on the roster, you know, and then I kind of you see us. I mean, stop talking to other people. We deleted Bumble. Um, we had this really great relationship, um, as I mentioned in previous pod, uh, previous podcast, the breakup podcast that um, he did have a son. And, you know, we really worked through that. And last episode, I kind of admitted to us like still hanging out and still talking. And so this weekend I officiated a wedding and um, don't worry, we're going to talk all about that later. And basically, you know, I was actually having a really hard time, like would never want the bride and groom to know, of course, because like it's their day. But on my way to officiating, I was like or on my way to the rehearsal, I was like sobbing. And, you know, um, I, I love my friends so much. The amount of times I've just called them crying and I'm like, fuck, I have to do something like I need your help to stop. Um, I just like really, really missed him because, you know, for me, the breakup was out of the blue. And, you know, I had just moved closer to him. I thought we were going to work on it. I mean, I honestly like we talked about at least from from my the way I viewed it was that every time we had a problem, we really talked it through. I felt like we had pretty good communication. So it was just really shocking, like for it to all come to an end to me on a random Thursday you know, without a big conversation. And then we had talked a bunch throughout like the couple weeks and then I hadn't heard from him all week last week. And, you know, I was having this really hard time. Thursday, I was like ratchet. Like Thursday night, I was a social media hoe. Like in no, I'm not even going to be chill about it. I was like drinking White Claws alone. I was dog sitting. I posted all these hilarious ass TikToks. Like one of them, I was literally like, um, how am I crying over a man when my hair looks like this? And I was like, I don't know. I loved her energy. I loved her energy. And I was just like, I don't know, like, I want to move on. Like, I want to find love and blah, blah. And I'll get into all that later. But, you know, I was like, OK, like, it's I'm going to be OK. I've got this. And then Friday, I sobbed all fucking day, like all day. I was like, oh, my God, I just still can't believe this happened. Like, I, you know, like I I was so happy and I thought he was and like, I mean, I don't think that that's I know that he was happy and I know that I was happy and I know that's true. I know that like it was just, you know, bad timing and he wasn't ready for it and all these things. But basically, when I woke up on Saturday to officiate, I was still having a hard time. I mean, I literally wrote a whole speech about love. Right. And like knowing that. I didn't have that love, you know. Also, I'm really sorry if in the background you can hear if anybody does laundry at my new apartment, you can hear it. And unfortunately, I can't control that. Um, I don't know why they don't understand that I'm making a multi-million dollar podcast in this um in this apartment and they should be honored for my presence and like why not everyone's on my schedule, but it's fine. I'll take that up with management later. Um <laughs> just kidding. But anyways, so you know, I was writing the speech about love and I just felt really lonely. And I when I woke up Saturday morning I was like god I really hope he texts me like I really hope he wishes me good luck and all this stuff and he did and I was so appreciative of that because I really needed it I really did and then you know I went to the wedding and I'll talk all about the wedding we'll get its own little segment of the podcast of course and then when I got home I like called him and you know 
it was it was like nice to see him, you know, but then I woke up on Friday mo- or sorry, Sunday morning and I felt like Friday. Like I just felt empty. Like I felt like I don't know. It, it, it felt like I went through the breakup all over again, you know, and I think what was happening is, you know, I really do. I'm so glad he texted me after the breakup. I'm glad he texted me Saturday. It made me feel wanted and it made me really believe him that it was like bad timing. Like, I know it sounds weird and I trust him. So like I believed him no matter what. But like something about him, like still wanting to contact me was really, really like nice to me. And I really liked it. But then I found myself waiting for it. You know, I was like, okay, is today going to be the day he texts me or it was kind of like the beginning of the relationship, but not fun. You know what I mean? Like in the beginning when you're like dating somebody on Bumble and you're like, oh, my God, I wonder if they're going to text me today or like whatever, like cute things like that. Or like, oh, my God, like so and so text me and you're like heart flutters a little bit. So it was like that, but it wasn't fun. It was very like I, I would get really excited about it. But then I realized I recognized that later on, you know, it, it would affect me because it would feel like. I was going through the breakup all over again or like I would get to kind of a better place and then I'd hear from him and then I wouldn't. And then I just felt like it was really hard. And listen, my therapist told me that I should probably send him a message and like cut off communication like last week. And I just wasn't ready for it yet. You know, like this was somebody that I talked to all the time and I really enjoyed it every time. Like he was someone who was so supportive, you know, like even if he was busy, if I called, unless he was like at work, he would always answer and try to make time for me. And I just really, really respected that given especially his, um, you know, his schedule and everything. So anyways, you know, it was mourning that loss. And I w- it was also mourning the loss of like the excitement of when I was going to hear from him because, you know, it would be like we would talk, you know, four times a day usually. And sometimes it was consistent, sometimes it's not. And I just would love hearing from him. And so a part of me was like, I'm not ready to close the door on that. And I'm not ready to, you know, like never have that opportunity again. But, you know, on Friday when I was feeling the sadness, I was like, you know what? I can't heal if this keeps happening. Like I can't get to grieve the loss of this relationship that I cared so much about if I'm still hearing from him, because then it's like I'm holding on. And it's not like I was trying to sit there and wait for him. Obviously, it hasn't been that long, but it was just that I felt like if I could answer his text right or if I was available or, you know, if we had a good conversation, like, maybe he would change his mind. Like, I just kept hoping that one day he would wake up and be like, wait, how could I walk away from this girl? Like, how could I walk away from this girl who, you know, was caring and loving and understanding and, you know, would have made a great stepmom or whatever, like would have been a positive impact in my life. Like, I just kept hoping that that one day he would change his mind. And every time he texted me, that hope would get stronger and stronger and stronger. And I had to realize that, like, that's not going to happen. I mean, 
it could still happen. And when I told him, I was like, you know, obviously, like, I hope that if one day you do wake up and change your mind and, you know, things work out and timing's good for us, like, that's awesome. But, you know, for me, like what I'm realizing and especially I think like I think that the everything happens for a Riesling, right? Like everything happens for a Riesling. If you're new here, this is the the family motto. It's everything happens for a reason, of course, with like a wino um, spin. And to me, I, I I know that people think this is crazy, but I, I feel like I have to connect things in the universe. And I just think it's really interesting, as hard as it was for me to give a speech about love in the middle of a major heartbreak for me, I was writing what I thought love looked like or what I know love to be. And after the wedding and me saying these words out loud, I meant them about Emily and Alistair. And then I also was like, this is the love that I've been looking at. And I think this is the love that I deserve. And I'm ready for it. I am. Like for me, Scotland wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. It wasn't me. I didn't do anything wrong. These are his words and I'm believing them. I sometimes I'm like, okay, you know, was I not enough? And it's like, if anything, I was too much. Like, I think that I was enough for him, but he wasn't there and I'm ready. I I went through, you know, a five year relationship that um, prior to Scotland that, you know, I really got taken advantage of in the way of like my emotions were never put first. He didn't care about me. Um, I think he cared about me to his capacity, but he just wasn't a supportive partner. And then I found Scotland and he was supportive and I love that, but he wasn't ready. And it's my turn for me in my mind to find that love, the love that I give all these people, like the love that I give to my friends, the love that I gave to Scotland, the love that I talk about in speeches. Like, I want that. I want that for me. I think everybody deserves it. And the more I was holding on to somebody who wasn't ready for that, the less than I could go find that. And to me, you know, I know people kind of get wrapped up in timing and they're like, and I, I know that I, I do too sometimes. I'm like, oh my God, I'm be 30 and I'm single and like blah, blah, blah. But I really took that narrative out of it because I don't think that's fair. I don't think that we should be on a timeline. I don't think that our age matters. I think it's that when you know in your heart that you're ready to let somebody else in and be supportive to them. And like, I don't believe in the fact of like, you know, you've got to be fully healed to get a new relationship. Like, I don't believe that per se. I think that as long as you're constantly working on yourself, like we're never going to stop. So the best thing that you can do is find a partner who's going to support you through your journey, right? Like, you know, I, I did love that. Like I could talk a little bit openly about therapy with, with Scotland. I could also do that with my ex, you know, um, it's just that he, he didn't listen that well, but, um, he meant well, it's okay. But, you know, I, I've been on the self-help journey for a really long time and trying to be the best version of myself. And that's never going to stop. I'm never probably ever going to stop going to therapy. I love therapy. I think it's super helpful. You know, I, I love journaling. I want to keep doing that. It's like all these things that make me this person that I want to be with, want to be, then I need someone who's going to want to be with that person. And like I said, this is absolutely no shade to Scotland. He did nothing wrong except for make a decision that he needed to make. Right. So then if he was going to do that for him, like, why couldn't I do this for me? You know what I mean? Like 
he made the decision that he needed to make and I completely respect it. I've never disrespected this decision. Have I hated it inside? A fucking course. I was in love. I wanted to be with this guy for a long time. I wanted to like work out the issues. So of course, when he made the decision, I, I hated it, but I never resented him and I never didn't respect it, right? Like I always understood it. So why could I give him that compassion and I couldn't give it to myself? I needed to do that too. I needed to choose me and I needed to decide that like, even though this feels good for a few minutes, like even though it felt good to be wanted and talked to in the long run, it was breaking me. Right. So anyways, it was such a hard decision to make. And I know that for a lot of us, you know, we might be in relationships and could be the opposite. Maybe you are like Scotland and you're like, I'm in this relationship. I love this person, but I'm not in it. And I don't you need to have the strength to make that decision. Right. Like for me and maybe for you, you know, you've got this person, maybe a situationship or something. And like you feel that like it's not doing as much good as it is doing harm. Sometimes you have to pull the trigger and it might feel weird, you know, especially for me. I was like, OK, like. I got broken up with and now I feel like I'm breaking up with him again, right? Like it was kind of one of this weird thing, but you know, it was the same thing with my ex where I wasn't getting what I needed. And so I needed to break it off with him and I needed to choose me. And this is the same thing now because if in order for me to get the love that I want, like I have to be open to it and I will not be open to something new if I'm holding off because of this. And listen, like once again, I told Scotland on the phone when I called him, I was like, I hope I don't lose a podcast listener, which I totally understand if he doesn't want to hear any of this. I'm sure it was hard for him too. But, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm never not going to be grateful that I met Scotland. And I think this is one of these messages I wanted to slip in here. And I know the last couple of episodes have been very serious. And I know my dad and my best friend Jenna have out been out there fucking hustling for new listeners for me, literally. And I promise you, they're not all like this, but also I just feel like these are good episodes. Like I, I needed to hear all this, you know, like I needed to hear all this. So I'm sure somebody else does. So anyways, I'm gonna, um, (laughs) but listen, I know how fucking hard it is to date. I know how hard it is to date because of this shit. It's it's constantly getting your heart broken and it's like when it's happening to you, you're like, I cannot fucking I can't understand it and I don't want to. And that's okay because for me, like I was kept my mom. I was calling her and I was like, I know this is good for this and this this reason. And she's like, Ashley, just let yourself be sad and then you'll find the reasoning later. Like, you know, and I know that I said this on my other episode and stuff about why, you know, I feel like I I met Scotland and there's so many good reasons. But this is what I really want to get out. If you're dating and you're like, I don't know if this is worth it. Like I said, when I in the breakup episode, and even though I fucking cried my eyes out all day yesterday, like I said, I would still do it all over again with Scotland. And and I and the thing is, is the reason that I would is because of the person that I became with him because of him and that I will be after him. You know, he, to me, 
I think every relationship just sets the bar a little bit higher and really pushes you to what you need in your life. And there are things that I know that I need now from dating him. And I mean, the same, we were both each other's first relationship after long-term relationships. And honestly, like I could not have asked for someone better. And listen, I didn't ask him, but I would say the same fucking shit for him. I am so glad we met from from his perspective as well, because, you know, I think that it was he he has a lot going on in his life. And I think it was so important for him to see that, like, you can still have somebody and they'll be there for you, even though everything that you're going through, you just have to be open to it. And I think we both taught each other a lot. And yeah. So anyways, I made this big decision. I'm proud of myself. I hope that you, the listener, are proud of me. And I hope that if you're in a situation where you are choosing to be strong and you're like, I don't know if I'm strong enough, trust me, babe, you fucking are. And it's going to hurt so bad at the time. It's going to hurt so bad, but it's going to be so good at some point. Everything happens for a Riesling and it's it's all going to come full circle. Okay, so... Now that we're done with all that sappy ass shit. Well, it's not really. I'm actually not done with the sappy shit, to be honest, because I'm going to go talk about wedding. It was so funny because I was chatting with my boss today and I was like, you know, I'm I'm really proud of myself for getting through the wedding. Like I was genuinely having a good time the whole time. But obviously leading up to it, I was like, I really have to go out here and like talk about love during a breakup. And she was like, yeah, you could be like the wedding singer. And, you know, if you haven't seen the wedding singer classic film um but you know he like historically goes through a breakup and has to sing this wedding and it's like all bad and like honestly I had a great time and of course it was like a little bit hard leading up to it but this couple they were their original wedding date was March 21st 2020 as in the fucking weekend that we went into lockdown so they have been waiting so long to get married. And as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, you also know that my sister was a COVID bride. And I feel like, I mean, she went through it, but I feel like I went through it just a little bit with her, you know, like being a COVID maid of honor was hard too. We had to change a bunch of stuff. It's like weird. Cause you like, we got to the bachelorette party, but then like, then all of a sudden we had to wait years for the wedding and she had to change it and deal with vendors and all this stuff. And I just knew like in my soul, I was like, I have to give them the ceremony of like of a lifetime. Like they earned it. They're high school sweethearts. They made it through college and then grad school and then all this stuff. Right. And like all this wedding stuff and everything. And there are just the best couple. Like they're so fun to hang out with. Um, I always have such a such a good time with them. And so I thought it might be actually fun. So I asked my dad and he told me that this would be cool. So if he if you don't think that this was cool, please take it up with my dad. He does also have an Instagram, um, John Florence 61. So, OK, I want to read you some of this, um, some of their ceremony. So I'll skip the kind of the part about, um, you know, my connection with them and everything, even though it was great. But I am going to read you some of this because I think also, first of all, I thought it was really good. I'm not going to lie. And I didn't do this with the last wedding that I officiated. And I was like, oh, this was like kind of fun. And I think that there's a lot of good lessons in here about love. And apparently this is the love episode for me coming from a weird place. But I also think that like if you're in a relationship 
and you maybe need to hear these things. Like if you're not getting these things, like I could say this because I watched them be in love for so long and I knew they could do this. So anyways, I'm going to read you some of their ceremony. So I hope you enjoy it. Okay. So um, I talk about their postponed wedding, right? And then I start here with, there's lots of pop culture references in here. And I will say this, the groom loved Missy Elliott. So I said, but in the words of the great Missy Elliott, is it worth it? Let me work it. And listen, there have been a few times that I'm sure the two of you had to put your things down, flip it and reverse it. And in all seriousness, being in a relationship is hard work, especially one that has been alive for 10 plus years. You have spent the last years choosing to work through your hardships, choosing to communicate, choosing to push through the pain points. And most importantly, at every turn, you chose each other. The two of you achieved something that many couples struggle so hard to do. You're able to grow as a couple while giving each other the space to grow as individuals. You understood each other's needs and supported each other without hesitation. Talking over the years with Emily, she'd always be so excited to share the latest Alistair endeavor. I always knew what was going on with him at school or at work because she just beamed with pride talking about him. A few years ago, when I was visiting Emily and Alistair in the new apartment, before the wine was even poured, Alistair was already telling me all about Emily's new job and her accomplishment and how excited he was to marry her. Honestly, hearing these two talk about each other is the most special thing in the world. So I'm going to take a step back and let the two of you speak on your relationship. So I let them do their own vows. I do have their vow books still um, holding them hostage until they hang out with me again. Um, but I won't read you their vows because that would be a little weird. Okay, so... <laughs> by the way I say listen in here twice and I thought that was really funny because as you know if you listen to the podcast I say listen when I'm making a serious point and uh, Scotland called me out on it and I thought it was funny that it's in here twice so okay here we go listen I know you two are technically married already and I'm not so you may be asking who is this girl to be giving me marriage advice but you all asked me to be here so it's happening I don't know how many Ted Lasso fans we have here today, but obviously it's an amazing show with so many great lessons to be learned from it. But I think there is a serious message to be learned about love through the characters Keely and Roy. Sorry for any spoilers. And now that you're listening to the podcast, you can fast forward if you need it, but I don't think it's that bad. But also I said in the ceremony, like it's been out for a while. It's on you. Um, okay. <laughs> Throughout the seasons, we see these two constantly supporting each other, whether it's Keely convincing Roy to take a more challenging job than coaching his little niece or Roy hyping up Keely before her Vanity Fair shoe. We see these two constantly push each other to be the best version of themselves, but they're also there for each other when things are not so great. We see Roy giving Keely the space that she needs and Keely forcing Roy to talk about things that he had previously been really closed off to. At the end of the season, we see these two starting new adventures, and a lot of people thought that they were heading for a breakup, but I saw this totally differently. I saw two people who may need to be on separate paths right now, but always planned for those paths to lead back home together. They didn't let their insecurities or ego get in the way of letting their partners be who they needed to be. You know when Legally Blonde, when she's like, I have a point, I promise? Well, this is that point. Loving each other unconditionally is loving without boundaries. Never be afraid to let each other take on a new challenge. Always support one another and fill the role that that person needs you to fill in their life. Do not take on the world alone. Always lean on each other and be open with each other. You've kind of already proved that you can do that. So hold on to it and it will guide you through absolutely everything. 
I know there's been a lot of pop culture references here, but let me do one last one. As the title of one Miss Taylor Swift's most underrated song states, two is better than one. And then I do like the ring ceremony and all that fun stuff. But I just thought that message of love was like really special. And I just wanted to share it with you all because, you know, I think that when we're looking at relationships, it's easy to get complacent and feel like, you know, you might not be getting the love that you need, but it's okay because like it's better than going out and dating again, you know, but it's not. You deserve 100% love. And I think everybody has that out there. It doesn't mean that like partners don't need to take breaks, but that's what I mean about, you know, being open with each other. You have to be honest about like, Hey, you know what? I need a break right now. Like Keely and Rory, if you don't watch the show, I'm telling you Ted Lasso for love. You know, basically Keely's going through this thing where like she sees too much of Roy. They work together. They live together, driving her crazy. She's open and communicates that. And it takes Roy a little bit to understand it. But then he gives her space to be herself and like gives her space to really like relax and feel good. And so I just, I I believe that that really is what love is all about. And I fucking love love. I love love. That's why I can sit here and be an efficient because I'm into it, you know? Also, okay, let me talk about the wedding a little bit. Here's the thing. The photographer came up to me in the bathroom and what an honor, you know? And she said, do you do this professionally? And I said, what do you mean? Like being drunk and in the bathroom peeing? Yes, absolutely. I It is my full time job. No, but she was like, do you officiate professionally? And I was like, no, I didn't even really know that was a thing. I think most weddings that I've been in, they either have a friend or it's like a minister or something, you know, and she's like, yeah, people will pay to do this. And I think you should look into it as a side hustle. And I was like, first of all, what a fucking honor. Right. Because there's compliments where people are like, you did a good job, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, that's super nice. Like, I feel like I believe them. But also it'd be weird if you didn't tell the officiant they did a good job, like shade. But, um, you know, for someone to come up to me and be like actively seeking it out for like a job, like how fucking cool is that? So I'm just saying Ashley's sleek aficionados might be a thing. I'm not sure, but we'll see in the future. But um, one of the funniest things, so like, I'm glad I told you the speech because here's the deal. It was a risk going in with the Ted Lasso, right? I was like, what if the couples never watch the show? I knew that the groom loved Missy Elliott and I knew that the bride loved Taylor Swift. So like going in with those two quotes, I was good. But what happened was when I put on my outfit that I wore, I felt like I looked like Keely in the funeral scene. So then I started thinking about Ted Lasso and I was like, oh my God, I love this love story. I'm gonna talk about it. I I had a feeling because I knew that the groom was from the UK and he also loved soccer. So I was like, okay, there's a high chance that at least he's seen the show. Let me tell you something. I obviously officiated an other wedding before, but I've also given several maid of honor speeches. Okay. Women are very quick to come up to you and be like, oh, sweetie, you did such a good job, blah, blah. Older guy, like not older, but like dads and stuff, they'll come up and they'll be like, respect, respect, right? I have never really had like a younger guy come up to me and talk about my speech, but let me tell you, I threw a Ted Lasso reference in there and I almost every male there came up to me and was like, that was such a great speech. Love Ted Lasso, love Ted Lasso. And I was like, oh my God, listen, I wasn't searching for honeys, but 
And a lot of those people were taken. I wasn't searching for honeys. However, I did ask ahead of time before I was like, before Scotland was in the picture, I, um, but this poor wedding, by the way, I had so many fucking dates too. I know I talked about this before, but like I had asked like, what, what's the single man situation? And there, there weren't any from what I remember. So, um, but if I get asked to officiate again and there are single men, I will definitely be slipping this in because wow, that was, that was really a strategy for me. I didn't think it through, but it was good. But overall, I thought the wedding was so beautiful and, there was like so many details that were just super cute and small. They had this um, this little card with a bell on it and you could ring it to have the bride and groom kiss. I'd never seen that before. Um, but and I don't know if I was allowed to tell the story, but I'm gonna do it anyways. I think it might be because at their mini wedding, um, the groom, you know, like was clinking on a champagne flute, I believe, and broke it. And I think it was pretty expensive. So that might be why they didn't want to do the whole clinking thing. Um, the food was immaculate. Here's my one critique. Um, Cause listen, you know, I, I have, an, I have another critique actually. It's my, I'm sorry, what moment of the week? And we'll go to that later, but that's not on the bride and groom. Um, you see their first dance song was to make you feel my love by Adele. I'm not understanding why they didn't go with the superior Rachel Berry glee performance. And here's the thing. I love that song. I I literally will just sing it all day and make myself cry. I think it's such a beautiful wedding song, but I'm just saying that Rachel Berry did it better. And I love Adele. Okay. She's a queen. She's an idol. She's an icon. But listen, the Rachel Berry version is for when Finn Hudson passes away. This is a big fucking version. So it's just, that's my one critique. But overall, they also successfully executed having a dog at their wedding. And let me tell you something. I'm, I am hypercritical of this situation. My friend Haley had her dog at the wedding and I don't actually remember it being that bad except for when she escaped and I had to chase her down the street in my dress. So I guess, but they're both corgi. So maybe this is the deal here. But I also like officiated a wedding where the, or sorry, I DJed a wedding and I, it, it was a beautiful wedding. But the dog ran away. And so I had played basically the grooms. The groom had an interest song, then the bridal party and then the bride. They all had different songs. And the grooms was like the Captain America theme song, which is like a one minute long song. And basically I was playing it and nobody was coming out. And I just kept playing it and playing it and playing it. And everyone's looking at me and I'm like, I don't fucking know, you know. And then finally, the wedding coordinator comes up to me. is like the dog ran away with the rings. So they were like chasing down the dog, which like. No shade to the bride and groom. It was a funny story. They loved it. They laughed. But I was like, just something else to worry about when you have dogs at your wedding. But the dog walked down the aisle. He did a great job. He was wearing a little tux. And then they had a little area for him. He had his own little cage. And then they had dog treats that you could either like feed him or take home to your dog. And I thought it was so fucking cute. A 10 out of 10. The bridesmaids looked stunning. Everybody was so fun. Jenna and I hit the dance floor hard. So obviously like I brought my best friend Jenna with me. She is now my officiant date for life um, because she filled in when like literally my ex and I broke up and I officiated a wedding like a couple months later and Jenna filled in as I date. And then obviously like Scotland, I broke up. So she filled in again. And what was so funny was that I guess so she was sitting there and someone turned to her and was like, oh my God, your girlfriend's so beautiful. And <laughs> when she told me that, I was absolutely dying. And then we texted our fiance and he's like, 
well, you are her girlfriend. And I was like, thank you for understanding. Like, that's the kind of man you should be dating, by the way, is a man who understands. Um, But what I was going to say about this and not to make it all political, but I was like, how fucking awesome is that, though? Because I feel like for so long, lesbians have had to explain to people that they're not friends, you know, that's like, no, this isn't my part. Like, this isn't my friend. This is my partner. So I was like, actually, that was really cool that someone assumed that we were lesbians and I bought you that diamond ring on your finger. But yes, I was like, I am indeed straight. And the only problem with that is like when you try to hit on the honeys and like everyone thinks you're gay. So um, it was just really funny. Overall, it was a really, really amazing wedding and I had so much fun and I'm so honored that Emily and Alistair asked me uh, to be there. And listen, I know that I had, there was a little bit of celebrity gossip talk about J-Lo and Ben are engaged. This is really a wedding episode. Um, <laughs> super excited for them. It makes sense to me, honestly. I'm a big J-Lo, Ben supporter. Um Trish Cyrus is apparently filing for divorce from Billy Ray. Um, So Trish had actually filed for divorce or I'm sorry, I think Billy Ray filed for divorce in 2010, but then they like made it work and now they're getting a divorce again, but there's not a lot of information out about it. So, you know, I'll be looking into it when I find more. Hi friends. I'm so excited to talk to you about one of my new favorite brands, Kitsch. I don't know about everyone else, but I'm going back into the office and Kitsch has not only been so useful from work from home life, it is also very helpful for going back into the office. So listen to this. I started with the very cute like cheetah print satin pillowcase that I'm obsessed with. It sets the tone for my new bedroom. I'm in love. And honestly, it really does make my skin and hair feel better. And I'm not just shitting you on that. And then when I was working from home, listen, I would do this thing where I would take a shower and then I would throw my hair up in the towel scrunchie. And then like when I felt like getting out of my pajamas and I had to have a meeting, I would go blow dry my hair and it cut down the time astronomically. And then now I've got like the little ice roller thing because now I have to be up and like get in a car and drive to work. So I need to wake my ass up. And the ice roller just does just that. And it's so amazing, so helpful. And then I also got the heatless curler. So I can like curl my hair in that little, you know, pillow looking thing. And then I drive to work and I take it out and bam, I look flawless. I highly recommend Kitsch. They have all sorts of amazing products. Like I just named a bunch, but they have so much more. And you can get 15% off with promo code AshleySleek15. That is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E, Sleek, S-L-E-E-K, 15 and you can visit the link in my bio on Instagram to shop super easy. It's at Ashley Sleek on Instagram. Okay, bye. I want to make sure I get into the I'm sorry what moment of the week. I am so, um, I, I'm so excited to do a wedding version. I think that the thing is, like I said, I've been taking a step back from weddings and I have to thank Emily and Alistair for bringing me right back into it because it's wedding season for me, baby. It's fucking go time. It is go time. Emily and Alistair kick off what is the next entirety of my 2022 dedicated to weddings. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I am a maid of honor twice and a bridesmaid this year. Three weddings, three bachelorette parties, three showers. Like, I'm ready. Let's go. But that just means I'm sharing a lot of fucking opinions that I have. And so no shade, to, no shade. But here's what fucking pissed me off. I have learned that it gives me a new level of rage when people talk during speeches at weddings. Listen, I know how much time and effort it takes to give a speech at a wedding. And I understand 
Not everybody knocks down the park. That's not what happened to me at this wedding. But the people at my table would not shut the fuck up. And when I tell you I was like the 80 year old grandma in the movie theater, like basically breaking my neck, turning and giving them nasty ass looks. I'm not joking. I feel bad because I don't know. Jenna really hustled me out. So I don't know if they're going to listen to the podcast, but maybe they need to fucking learn how extremely disrespectful that is. It's kind of like, listen, I was a big talker in school and I got in trouble for it all the time. But when it came to my peers presenting, I shut the fuck up. That's their moment. And I am not going to interrupt it. But um, yeah, if a teacher talked, I mean, I should have been more respectful. I understand. But to me, it's just like you wouldn't dare talk during a ceremony, right? Like you would not talk during the, the actual wedding itself. So what makes you think that you need to talk through the speeches? The speeches are time for you to get fucking drunk and ready for the dance floor. You want to know the, the, the real goal of the wedding speeches? It's like the wedding speech is for the bride and groom. And like, listen, if you got a good person, it's a crowd pleaser and everybody would laugh. But this is also your time. You're done eating. The dance floor is not open yet because, you know, I mean, I've mastered it myself, drinking and dancing, but it's not easy to do. So if you can sit down and you can chug your glasses of, of wine and champagne during the speeches, you're good to go for dancing. So have some fucking respect and do not talk during the speeches. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry that you did not get the opportunity to be somebody who got to give a speech, but that doesn't mean you get to be so fucking disrespectful. That was shady. And I'm sorry to anybody who like doesn't do this and hasn't been asked yet. It's not it's not you. OK, but this isn't directed towards you. It's just to those fucking people. It drove me so fucking crazy because, listen, I know not everybody likes that part, too. But like I do. I love the speeches. Like maybe it's because I'm somebody who gives them all the time. And I but I love them. I think it's so fun to hear other people's accounts of the couple or like learn something new about them. I like to cry during the parents' speeches. Like, let me be, let me enjoy this wedding. I was so fucking mad. Uh, but anyways, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I love you all so much. The numbers are getting better. The podcast is growing. Like I said, um, the only silver lining to me going through heartbreak is that I have good content. So please don't fucking let me down on it. I'm just kidding. There's a lot of silver linings. I really believe that. And I hope that, you know, I hope I hope that me making this tough decision really inspires you to maybe make a tougher decision in your life. And please believe me when I say that choosing you is the best option. And it doesn't mean that you aren't going to be in a relationship. It doesn't mean that you can't be with a partner. It's just like you're choosing yourself and then you're choosing them. Like I said, about being in a successful relationship is about constantly making the decision to better yourself and then to choose to be in this relationship. And you don't want to be with someone who's not choosing you. OK, you choose you and be with a partner who chooses you like that's it. OK, and communicates and all that shit. And listen, if you need an officiant, I'm just saying I feel like the side hustle is being started. And so you just let me know, like if you need one, um, hit me up. You can slide in my DMs at Ashley Sleek. Please share this podcast with a friend. I'm on a mission to become the hot girl summer podcast. Like I know how essential it is on the hot girl walks to listen to a podcast that you love. And so I'm on a mission 
to make I'm Sorry What the hot girl podcast of the summer. So please share this with a friend, like, comment, subscribe, download. Let me know what you want to hear about. I love you all so fucking much. Oh, also follow me on TikTok because that's where I'm the most unhinged and it will probably continue. And don't forget to love yourself, baby, because it's so worth it. All the tough decisions are worth it. I promise you. Okay, bye.